Today's podcast will talk about estimation questions and a particular, I think, difficulty most candidates face with estimation questions. And let me give you an example of that, right? So I was talking to a, a Spanish candidate a few days ago, and she was telling me about a situation whereby we had um, we had finished an estimation case in the number of um, iPad applications that were downloaded per day and that revenue generated from those newly downloaded applications in the first 24 hours after they are downloaded. Well, I thought she did a very good job of estimating it. So she did the estimation and I was about to move on because I'm very happy with the sanity check. You know, she has a pretty good knowledge, good business judgment, smart lady. And then she stopped me and said, I'm not happy with this. And I said, why are you not happy? It seems to make sense to me. And she said, well, no, I think the number is too low. Uh, and I think it should be something like maybe 15 times larger. And I said, okay, why do you say that? Well, I think this assumption is too low. And I said, okay, but uh, okay, I accept that the assumption could be too low, which is you know the number, the percentage of people who log in in the first 24 hours after they buy an application. See, it could be too low. But why do you say that? And we had a for a five-minute discussion, and then she told me, well. The reason I'm saying this is because I read a report two days ago by the Boston Consulting Group, which did a similar kind of calculation, and they and they came up with a different number. Therefore, I think my number is too low. And I and I was thinking to myself, okay, this is a common problem, right? Because even though in a previous podcast we mentioned how to do sanity checks, I do feel a lot of candidates they 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 try to rather than than using logic to arrive or estimate an answer, they try desperately to compare the answer to a number they already know. And let me tell you why this is incorrect. Firstly, if you are telling me your answer is wrong, just because you read a report somewhere, I don't necessarily, the interviewer doesn't necessarily gain more respect for you, but, and why not? Well, firstly, how do you know the other report was done correctly, right? As a consultant, you know, you never accept things at face value, even if it was done by the BCG, which is obviously a very prestigious firm. It's nothing to do with the BCG, it's just that the culture of management consulting is you never accept what is done by another firm because you don't know what assumptions they made, you don't know what they included, what they excluded in the study. So you can never say, well, you know, this report said that, therefore I must be wrong. It actually says a lot about you personally that you've been through this estimation question for 10 minutes, you've discussed it with me, and you're willing to discard all of that because someone else came up with a better answer and someone whose report you didn't even read completely. You probably just read it in passing. It's doubtful that you read the actual mechanics of how they did the study. So that's the first reason why you should not simply discard your analysis because of something you read. Second one is you can't explain the difference. If you can, In consulting, it's always about the way you arrive at the answer is more important than the actual answer yourself. I can tell you right now that in most estimation questions, people will come up with different answers, and I'm okay with that. People come up with all kinds of answers. I don't mind. What I do mind is what is the equation? Is it logical? Do they put in place the right assumptions? Is their math correct? Even if the assumptions are different with my, from mine, is different, but can they logically rationalize that? Can they tell me why they chose a population of Paris, which is 30% more? And to be honest, someone once did that once, and I was actually quite impressed, and I said, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I wouldn't have considered that, but it's logical. The answers in an estimation case can, uh, not can, they're always different. But even if you rationalize them differently, you must rationalize them, right? That is very important. Then, so that's the second reason why you should never revert to simply going out there and quoting numbers from a magazine or a book or a journal or whatever it is. The third reason is that an estimation question is invariably judging your ability 
to arrive at an answer when you specifically don't have any goalposts to guide you, right? If you if you introduce this goalpost, which is the this the, for example the figure in the BCG study, I mean, uh, automatically the estimation case has become moot. It's no longer an estimation case. You are now trying to fudge your answers to be close to something you knew. So I'm not really testing your estimation ability. And when a candidate tells me that candidates know invariably, I'll give them another estimation case in the end of the day to see they can actually solve something. The fourth point, which is very important, and people who interviewed Bain will hear this a lot, business judgment. We are looking for your ability to make rational and logical assumptions when you have no data. And why are we looking for that? Well, you know, consulting is not a structured industry. When you're on a project, you'll be shocked at how unstructured management consulting is. You'll be, you, you will actually be so flabbergasted that this is an industry that prides itself on logic, planning, structuring, module presentation, module analysis, uh, putting in place charters, work plans, timelines. And yet every day is a mad rush to satisfy a kind demand. And the reason why consulting firms put so much pressure on candidates to see their ability to apply business judgment, estimation cases and broader cases, is because we want to see that under stress, when you don't have all of the data, and believe me, you never have all of the data on any single project, you always want more data or better data than what the client is going to provide, with very little judgment, very little guidance, can you make logical assumptions? And every single analysis in the world, even the ones where you have plenty of time, you're going to be making assumptions. And when you get data, you're going to have to make leaps of logic in terms of how you interpret that. That is known as business judgment. How do you get business judgment? Well, there's only two ways to get business judgment, I think. Well, maybe three, right? I think you can just be someone who's very, very rational in your thinking. You're very good at seeing the patterns in things. And that's not something you learn. My belief is that it's not something you can learn in two years or three years. It takes time. It depends on the way you grew up, right? The other way is to um, be well-read. I do find people that are very, very well-read tend to be able to have stronger business judgment because they have precedence in their head that they've read somewhere that they can relate back. And I mean, there's probably third and fourth ways, but I think those are the two biggest ways. Business judgment you either have it or you can apply what you've already read. But what you should avoid doing is imagining estimation cases are these precise cases. You know, people always tell me, but Michael, I want to be precisely right. There's a reason it's called an estimation case and not a precision case. In an estimation case, we want you to make estimates. I don't mind if you come up with an answer that's ridiculous. Explain to me the answer. I mean, sanity check it, obviously. Make sure that you reduce it to, make sure you reduce your final figure to a number that you can um, apply common sense to. For example, you know, don't use, don't try to sanity check the figure for the total volume of tobacco consumed in the United States, and yet that makes no sense. Reduce it to per capita consumption because you can reasonably assume, you know, does it make sense that someone smokes 100 cigarettes a day? No. It doesn't make sense. But if you're saying, on average, for your estimation, it works out as people smoking five cigarettes per day across the United States, also seems a bit high to me. So that way you can, re you can relate it to what you see. But don't be obsessed with coming up with precise answers. It's not about precise answers. It's not about you having read a report and trying to be close to that report. It's about you coming up with an answer that you can defend. And that's the key thing. If you can defend your answers crisply, clearly, logically, you've done quite well in the estimation case. As always, if you have any questions, I'll be happy to take them. <coughs>